You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. This is Behind the Stripes. Thank you for joining us as we take an honest look at the men and women we call officials, the professionals who make it possible for us to enjoy the games we love. They are the authority on the field, on the courts, on the diamonds, and on the ice. Behind the Stripes is here to support our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Now, let's join our host, Keith Myers, and his guest for today's show what is behind the stripes on this wonderful day it is week seven can you believe it brenda we're on week seven already for behind the stripes no one thought it would last six weeks it's now last seven yes uh, i totally agree with that and i am so thrilled that we are keep chugging along and we have a uh, some really guests, good guests that have come on with us and uh, really excited about this week's show. Yeah, it is a, a great show indeed, so stay with us. If you would like to contact us, you can contact Brenda at Bren, uh, Brenda at officiallyhuman.org or my email address, coach at indianasrn.org, or you can follow us on Twitter, and we want to thank you for joining us. And this week we uh, traveled um, the byways and highways, we, the farthest west we could go mexico <laughs> new uh young lady from uh, new mexico is with us and uh you've known her uh, quite a while haven't you brenda yeah dana and i met last year uh early probably la- first quarter of last year through email somebody in her office i uh, jp from her office had written a story about the officiating crisis that's going on and um, i was able to connect with him and then he connected dana and i and we were fortunate enough to hit it off and we met in person at the NASO summit last summer in Spokane, Washington and and really have uh, we're on the same same wavelength as far as energy and passion for officials so it it's really been a great relationship so far. And we want to welcome you to the show, Dana. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um officials. Uh, it's been my lifeblood for a long time and when I met Brenda, we kind of I think we became fast friends and definitely are philosophically aligned. So I was excited to be asked to be on the show and look look forward to what's ahead for the next however long we're going to be doing this. Well, for the next 30 minutes, you're going to get uh, about 50 questions. So and there's no wrong or right answers. Uh, you know, and, and of course, the host and the co-host of the show is always right, Dana. So you just got to know that rule <laughs> to begin with. I, I saw that in the disclosure statement. So I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> All right, great. Right. Oh, that's funny. So, Dana, to, to kind of start us off, um, will you just tell us a little bit about your current role, the association, how long you've been there, and um, just fill us in on that? Sure. I started at the New Mexico Activities Association in 1997. So, I actually, July 1st was the start of my 24th year here at the NMAA, and the entire time has been working with officials in some capacity. In 2004, I actually became the commissioner of officials, so I oversee the training and education programs for the officials in the state for high school and middle school sports in 10 different sports, and uh, still still loving what I do 24 years in, and uh, 
seen a lot of changes in this time, but it definitely is something that is a is different every day. And I think that's why I've had longevity in the, the field is because no two days have been the same. So in those 24 years, have you officiated yourself, uh, Dana? Because myself, I've officiated a Division One in high school for a long, long time. Did you uh, officiate, and that's what got you install- in- in- excited about this position? No, actually, I'm one of the few commissioners of officials in the country who have not ever been an on-court, on-field official. Um, started out as the secretary to the Officials Association right out of college, and really didn't know what I was getting myself into. There was a pool, I think, among officials that I wouldn't last more than six months. So I guess I can start collecting on that. Um, But it's been, it was just something I fell in love with pretty immediately. And it wasn't necessarily because of what I was doing at that point in my life. It's because of who I was working with and getting to meet the officials in the state of New Mexico and learning about them as human beings has really been something that that's fueled me. And pretty quickly, I, I understood that I wanted to be an advocate for them and I wanted to support them because I realized that they're good people and they just don't have a whole lot of fans. So I think it was just my life mission in that moment to, to realize that that's what I wanted to spend my life doing in some way and just you know, stuck it out, and I I got promoted to commissioner in 2004, and it's been kind of a, a dream come true. Um, you know, definitely took the non-traditional route to where I am, but um, there's been no doubts as far as who I want to support and what I want to advocate for over the years. And you know, the officials in New Mexico have become my family, and being in a small state has been a benefit because I've gotten to know them as people. I've gotten to know their families, their, their spouses and kids and parents and everything else. So I I feel very fortunate to be in this state and to have the relationships that I do with the officials here. You know, Dana, it's, it's neat to hear you say that because you realized at a very young age, um, what what the value of these men and women are on and off the courts and fields and and I applaud you for what what you've done and how you've taken this on over all these years and certainly your your passion comes through in any of my conversations with you and our emails back and forth and watching you at NASO last year so I applaud you for that mm-hmm. and I did just see did and everybody was at stay at home and we found out pretty quickly that we wouldn't have a spring sports season, one of the things that we wanted to do was to stay connected to our officials and to keep them engaged in an era where retention is certainly an issue. We didn't want it to be just a lull until we play sports again. So we actually had two football officials who started doing some webinars, asked if I was okay with it. Of course I was. And then we just, it, it kind of spread like wildfire. So we started having them in seven different sports for our state starting beginning of April, somewhere around there on the football side of things, I think with the two guys who started everything, um, Ken Adent and Dennis Barella here in Albuquerque, they, uh, they've had close to 50, maybe even more webinars just since April. They're on fire right now. And we started it in other sports. It was kind of our office realized we needed to catch up with them and, and start offering it in other sports. So we've had, basketball, softball, baseball, soccer, volleyball, wrestling, and we're just trying to keep officials engaged. And it's been a really good way to stay with our officials, to let them know that we're still providing a service, whether there's games going on, but 
for me, it's been great because on top of being the commissioner of officials, I'm also in charge of some activities and music events. So a lot of times in the spring, I don't get to see my officials. So being able to just see them and interact with them and laugh with them and check in with them has been super important to me because anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I don't have kids of my own and I think that I'm very maternal with my officials. So they, they've become the kids that I couldn't have and being able to have that outreach with them and just make sure that they're doing okay has been really important. So yeah, they're learning and there's been great presenters and we're giving them awesome content, but the bigger thrill for me has been just to be able to see them and and have that connection with them. Now, are you open in the fall uh, already or have you guys made that decision uh, yet, Dana? Uh, We're still waiting. So the governor and state department of education will be handing that decision down to us hopefully by about July 15th. So we're in, we're in holding pattern as of right now. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. We're trying to plan for, if we do or if we don't, or if the start is delayed or if seasons get mixed up, um, our executive director has been in touch with the governor's office and the PED Department of Education secretary pretty much every day, multiple times a day, and keeps a good finger on the pulse. But, uh, you know, things just change by the minute, it seems, and our numbers are spiking here again. So I think we're all just trying to be cautiously optimistic, but we're, we're definitely waiting with bated breath at this point. Dana, a quick question for you. Um, New Mexico is one of the states that participated in the officially human survey that we did last fall. And one of the things that I continue to talk about in the conversations that I'm having with people is, is there a fear of officials that are, that are aging um, 55 and older is there a fear that they won't come back to officiate because this this virus does seem to kind of affect the the older um, age group a little bit more? Um, do you see any concerns with that, or are you hearing anything? I haven't heard too much. We've had a couple of officials in the last month or so who have decided to sit out this year, and it's because of existing health conditions that they've had where they've just said, you know what, I'm still considered high risk. I'd like to sit out this year and and that's absolutely okay. We their health and safety and well-being is is one of my priorities. So, I haven't heard too much of a concern, but I think part of that is because everything's so unknown. I don't know how it's going to look. Um right now our officials numbers for the fall actually are very good. Uh we're we're where we were last year, so that that's okay in this in this climate especially. So now we're just kind of waiting to see what happens. And I'm assuming that once we have some concrete information from the, the powers that be, we'll probably have some better idea as far as if we're going to lose some of those officials that are that are aging. So I, I'm i curious. Um, I'm hoping that there's not a big effect, but I think a lot of it will just have to do with, with timing at this point. You're listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN with Brenda Hilton, Keith Myers. Today's guest is Dana Pappas. She is from New Mexico, and uh, she's in charge of the officials. And we want to thank you very much for joining us. One of the things that I have uh, written in big letters, how is your shortage? Do you have shortage in the uh, sporting ranks uh, in New Mexico? Uh, We actually have either been static in most of our sports or we have grown over the last couple of years, which I'm happy about. I don't know how it's happened, but it's happened and that's good. 
probably the two sports where we still have our biggest shortage would be in baseball and softball. And that continues to be a concern, especially on the east side of our state. Um, you know, those two sports are just very difficult because of the startup cost. As, as everybody knows, those are very expensive sports in terms of equipment and trying to get people, especially those just getting out of college, to come in and join those sports is, is terribly difficult. Um, in football, we're seeing we've been short for a number of years in football and a lot of that has actually been more because of game times here. So we have a lot of schools in New Mexico that are on four-day school weeks. So they'll schedule their games on Friday afternoon, and most people are working. So a lot of our issue there has been a scheduling standpoint. But um, we're, yeah, we're doing okay. And I know that there were a lot of states in this past year that were saying they had lost 20 to 25 percent of their officials and we actually grew about 12 percent across all sports so we're i'm keeping my fingers crossed that it stays that way but we're actually in a, a decent situation aside from one or two sports and one or two areas of the state well dana don't don't forget to pat yourself on the back for that because you are a, a, a you know, I've had the experience and the, the honor to talk to a lot of different states across the country, state associations, and and there's a few out there, including you, that are just rock stars when it comes to um, your relationship with the officials and caring for them on and off the courts and fields. And so don't forget to give yourself a pat on the back for that. Well, I appreciate that. I'm, I just, I'm, I consider myself very, very fortunate. I have an amazing team around me and I learned very on in my career because I'm not an official. I have an official's heart, but I'm not an official. I learned very easily to let the people who are, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, to let them have input and to surround myself with people who know more about it than I do. And, you know, a lot of my job is coordinating efforts and advocating and supporting. But when it comes to the, the rules, mechanics and all of that, I've got an incredible team and, I, I give them all the credit in the world. I just, I'm very, very fortunate to have the officials that I have, to have the assistant that I have. It's, um, I, I'm in a extremely fortunate situation and I, I know that every day. So it's, um, I'd love to take credit, but I, I don't think that I can in this situation. I'm just, uh, I'm just surrounded with greatness, which is pretty cool. We well, are. That, that's a great leader. Exactly. And we're approaching halftime. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have a lot more for you. It's Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on IndianaSRN.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play -play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. 
We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org officials today. Back from halftime, thanks very much for joining us. It's Behind the Stripes. I'm Keith Myers, co-host Brenda Hilton. You can reach Brenda at Brenda at OfficiallyHuman.com or myself, Coach, at IndianaSRN.org and follow us on Twitter at Indiana SRN. Dana Pappas joins us. She is from New Mexico. And, you know, you, you talk about game days on, on Friday afternoons, and, you know, we're used to Friday night games here in, in, in Indiana. It's kind of weird to have different associations, different states playing different times. You d- don't realize uh, how broad times are uh, throughout the, the nation. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the f- most strange experiences, I think, is when you're at national meetings and you sit down with your counterparts from other states and kind of hear how everybody, we're all doing the same thing, but we're all doing it really differently. And there's just so many idiosyncrasies from state to state as far as geography and climate. And I mean, it's just bizarre because we all think that we're going to work and doing the exact same stuff. And then when you sit and talk, it's just like, why would you do that? And it's just interesting and it's always very enlightening to sit and talk to people from other states and and hear what you know what challenges they're trying to work up against and uh and how they get around those because it, it definitely every state's a little bit different and we all learn from each other what fits in one state may not fit in ours but we definitely can always take something from those experiences and try to make ourselves better from it good point so um yeah that's a great segue to what i'm about to ask you so thank you um when when you're talking to the other state associations and you have you have meetings and you're talking about the the shortage and the treatment um how do you think nationally we can we can talk about this problem number one number two what do you see as some solutions and i you know i think the efforts of of officially human and the humanization of officials is huge i think it's very easy when you're a fan to see some people who are basically anonymous. They're folks wearing stripes. I don't, I don't know anything about them other than there's something about the stripes that makes that person the enemy in the, in the mind of fans. I think the more we can help people understand either through social media and talking about, hey, this person's a football official, but their real job is they're a nurse or they're a you know, a banker or wherever the case may be, there's, I think everybody thinks that that's all officials do is officiate, which for me is plenty. I mean, being an official is one of the most admirable things you can do, but I think the humanization is one thing, but I think as state associations, you know, taking a hardline stance with regard to fan behavior is something that will hopefully encourage people to stay in the avocation of officiating. Um, Our executive director this past year really she took matters into her own hands as far as having meetings with individual parents. I mean, 
I think every day she was meeting with parents, she was meeting with players, athletic directors, and just telling them that their behavior was not going to be acceptable. There were people who were actually suspended from going to games as spectators because of the fact that they were being, you know, either abusive to officials or abusive to other players from the stands. And she spent so much time just dealing with those head on and one-on-one and, you know, we're in a smaller population state, so it makes it possible, but I, I don't know how she got it done because she really just spent so much time and she makes them educational. I've sat in those meetings with her and it's always really incredible to hear her talk to them about their behavior and how it's not acceptable in the interscholastic setting and how they're, you know, likely embarrassing their kids by the way they behave. And she's so good at it and so diplomatic dealing with, with these parents. But I think the more people understand that the behavior isn't tolerated and that there are consequences for that behavior, it it's just a, it's support for the officials for sure. But I think it also sets a standard within schools as far as how they should be acting in the stands. Once you find out that your neighbor is now not allowed to come and watch their games, people start to act a little bit differently. So, you you know, you hate, you hate to have that negativity, but um, the fact that it's being addressed and people are seeing that stuff is happening to their, their fellow um, fans, it, it really has made a difference and, and it's been noted. Um, when you, when we talk about that too, and everybody knows that when there's a, you know, the economy is hurting, then there's an uptick in people signing up to be officials. Hopefully, with the things that you guys are doing in the state of New Mexico, and and I'll add Indiana in there as well, then hopefully we won't lose as many because everybody knows that 70% of these young men and women that sign up to be officials, they're out of it in three years, and a lot of it is to do with this fan behavior. So, uh, hopefully that will that'll start to change a little bit with all of us working together to humanize these officials. Uh, and I was going to say that I, I, I see more and more uh, youth leagues uh, as Indiana has been opened up to youth leagues now about a month. Uh, and it's it does seem like the parents are a little bit calmer. They, they don't take it as serious. And when you do get that heated um parent you see parents now stepping in and say relax it's just a game uh you know five-year-olds don't really aren't going to make a pro right now just relax you know you know and i think one of the things that i have seen is there has been younger officials doing younger game younger kid game and they got the support of the leagues and i think that's really important brenda i think we've been working on that we've been hammering that for now for seven weeks that we need to educate these young officials and encourage them. And maybe after the game, buy them a Coke and put your arm around them and and maybe teach them the fundamentals of what they did wrong or what they did right. And maybe uh, help them. And I think if we can do that clear across the board, we're going to be better at that. Not only as officials and fans, but as people maybe as well. I agree. I, I think it's that support issue. Officials have got to know that they have support from whoever they're working for, if it's a youth league, if it's a high school association, they have got to know that they've got support and especially they have support when they do mess up and they, they have somebody to mentor them and to talk to them about how to handle it differently and how they can learn from it. I, you know, the worst thing we can do is just leave officials out on an Island and, 
and let them kind of sink or swim. I, I think that that's a dangerous way to, to handle business. Um, but you've got to, sometimes it means you pick up the phone and reach out and, Hey, I heard that such and such happened. How are you doing? Because even if you don't have any advice, I think it speaks volumes to be able to check on somebody who maybe had, had a rough go of it. And, you know, I, I approach officiating all the time as a family and that doesn't mean we always get along, but it means at the end of the day, we all support and love each other. So I think that that's, that's such a crucial component of keeping officials in. And I think too, Dana, if we, if we can start to move this needle a little bit and, and maybe it, the, the times are changing a little bit, I think what we're going to learn though is that we can't, we can't relax two years from now, if we're, if we feel like we're in a good place and we have a, a nice uptick on officiating, we can't relax again. I think we got too lax and, and we got too big and there's so many games that these, these men and women are working and we just want to, I think we all, we going forward, everybody has to keep a, an eye on this. I agree. And I think, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic with everything that's going on in the world these days. Um, but I, I think that in this COVID climate, it can be a real perspective gainer for fans, parents, et cetera, because, you know, right now everybody is so worried about, are we going to have sports? Are we going to have sports? Are we going to have sports? If there are no officials, we don't have sports either. Right. So, you know, I'm trying to draw as many parallels to that as possible. And, you know, New Mexico, we were one of the only states that was able to finish out our state basketball tournament. And the last three days were without fans. So it was, you know, sitting there in an arena that generally has 14,000 people and seeing no fans. I was able to hear conversations between coaches and officials, between coaches and players. And everybody was just, it was just basketball. Everyone was doing what they were supposed to. Everybody was having fun. Nobody felt like they had to do things to get the crowd into it. It was just, it was basketball in its purest form. And I'm hoping that people reflect on that a little bit and realize that the only things that need to exist for a game to happen are teams, coaches, officials. Yeah, Everything yeah. else is just extra. The, the music that we play in pregame, the introductions, all of that is just kind of fanfare and we love it. And it's important, but we can still play if it's not there. And I, I just hope that because everybody is so afraid about losing sports with the, the COVID pandemic, I hope they understand that the loss of officials pandemic would cause the exact same end result. So I, I hope that if there's a silver lining in all of it, that that's one of them. Um, and that maybe officials and their role will be respected a little bit more because of it. Very well said. Yeah, you make a great point because football opened up in Indiana uh, this week, and it is interesting how many parents are in the parking lot going, I cannot wait till we watch these games. And it's like, okay, but we got to do things right to get that yep. done. We got to keep everybody safe. And, and, and that's important. And it's from, and I think it starts from the administration all the way through. And as a broadcaster, we have to do that as well. We, we got to look at how we look at that replay and how we handle that replay differently than maybe uh, they're accustomed to because super slow mode doesn't count when you're on the field, when it's fast motion. Uh, and me being an ex-official, I never saw it right the first time, so I guessed anyway. So, you know, get over it. <laughs> it takes a lot to admit that. I appreciate that. I, I, I can and by the way, Dana's hiring. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link. Get you registered. <laughs> I, I'll tell Debbie that we have to move to New Mexico. She'll love it. 
farther away from the it's, grandkids. It's beautiful uh, here. There's no, you know, no humidity. It's great. You'll love it. Yeah, it's a dry heat. Yeah. I, I understand. I got it. Uh, as we wrap <laughs> things up uh, this week, we really want to thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, real quickly, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, and if they have questions, and I know officials reach out to other officials, how do, how can they, we get uh, your information uh, to people uh, where you are and locations? Absolutely. So my email address is kind of a long one. It's Dana Marie D A N A M A R I E at N M A C T dot org. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, my handle is at N M Zebra Commission. So you can find me on there, um, Facebook, however you want to get a hold of me. Anytime anybody wants to talk officiating, I don't care where you're from. I'm always excited to talk about it. And I'm one of those people, once we talk about officiating once, you're part of my officials family. So I think uh, I'm always I'm always excited. And it's uh, a group of people that I just absolutely value and cherish and uh you know, absolutely feel free to reach out to me wherever you may be. And if there's anything I can do to, to help your efforts. Now, you got to do something for us, uh, Dana. Next week, you got to listen to the show because Brenda and my favorite person is on next week. Brenda, tell everybody who's on next week. Uh, Dean Blandino is going to join us next week. Dean, he's a great person, good friend, and just, oh, my gosh. So much knowledge. You could talk to that guy for three days and not get tired of it. Well, it is going to be a three-hour marathon show. Sweet. So, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the day off. Okay. Well, you know, just follow us at Indiana SRN. You'll be okay. I wrote it down. I've got it, and right. I'm going to make sure I start following. Okay, great. Dana, um, thanks so much. Thank thanks, you for Dana. having me on. All right. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Brenda, we'll see you next week, and we'll see you next week as well. It's Indiana SRN, and it's Behind the Stripes. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to Behind the Stripes, a show that supports our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Thank you for listening to Behind the Stripes. Powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7 and sports.